1: I want to continue this week just sharing some additional thoughts about the conscience. You know, our conscience is the inner judge of moral issues. It is, I believe, as the Bible tells us, the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts. And our conscience is always prompted by the precious Holy Spirit. Every person has a conscience, and it is given to every person to help discern between good and evil, right and wrong. The still small voice which speaks to us and is to be guided and directed by and through the precious Holy Spirit. How wonderful it is to think of the Holy Spirit hovering over His own as the Spirit of God hovered over the waters when God created the earth, and He hovers over us to guide, to direct, and to speak. We have seen through Scripture that the conscience can be good, pure, evil, defiled, or seared, and that the functions of the conscience are several, which are to be a witness or an accuser An upholder, a server of good, a source of joy, and it can also be dead. Dead to sin or dead to hearing the voice of the Lord once it has been hardened or seared. What a wonderful thing our conscience is, and what a wonderful thought to know within each person. God has placed a conscience from the person who has the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the person who has never heard the message of Jesus nor his gospel. His or her conscience can still help them discern right from wrong, good from evil, Our conscience has limitations, though. It is a great thing when we consider our limitations. Many times we look at limitations as a negative or as a weakness. But in reality, our limitations are oftentimes God-given so as to allow us to depend upon God more and more. The limitations of our conscience are that it needs cleansing and that it is subject to others. Only the Holy Spirit can cleanse us from an evil conscience and the only the Holy Spirit can keep us from offending another brother or sister in Christ whose conscience may be weak. It is good for us to remember that we are indeed our brother's keeper. Our conscience is also limited in the fact that each person's conscience may differ. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 instructs how each person's conscience may differ when eating food offered to idols. Yet for us, there is only one God, the Father, he says, who is the source of all things and for whom we have life and one Lord Jesus Christ through and by whom are all things and through and by whom. We ourselves exist. Nevertheless, not all believers possess this knowledge. But some, through being all their lives until now accustomed to thinking of idols as real and and, uh, living, still consider the food offered to an idol as that sacrifice to an actual God. And their weak conscience, Paul says, becomes defiled and injured if they eat it. Now, the expression weak here refers to being spiritually weak, not physically weak. And we're not, I know today we don't have the same thing about food offered to idols. We don't worry uh, about that today, but The principle still applies the same. This term, weak conscience, is used to describe a person who is very conscientious in matters of moral indifference. For example... As far as God is concerned, it is not wrong for a believer to eat pork for all things are made clean through and of Christ if received with thanksgiving. But for a Jew to do so in the Old Testament would be wrong, and even still today, for those of the Jewish faith, even though converted to Christianity, might still have moral scruples in regarding regarding eating pork. So, if someone eats or drinks something which condemns their conscience, they should not do it. For Paul states in Romans 14:23, whatever is not from faith is sin. Refraining from certain foods does not give us extra favor with God, nor does it make us better Christians. But if my eating or drinking something that would cause my brother or sister with a weak conscience to stumble, it is better that I forego my liberty and and bring glory to God rather than gratify my flesh. Each person's conscience may differ. And uh, what is right for one may not be right for another. God must get the glory in all things. And scripture tells us that if we are to be happy, we must not condemn ourselves in the thing we allow. The Bible doesn't always lay out thou shalt not in every area of life. For example, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not gamble. But for me personally and many Christians, we feel that it is wrong. Many Christians say it's a form of entertainment and they see nothing wrong with it, but it would be wise for us to put our money where we know there is sure to be a good and honest return investing in the things of the kingdom may um we, with God's help, you know, we hope that our conscience will be our guide when we invest money in certain areas. And may we not stifle that still small voice of the Holy Spirit in trying to lead us in the right path for our good and for his glory. Lastly, regarding the limitations of the conscience, Proverbs 16:25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man and appears straight before him. But at the end of it, it is the way of death. Our conscience sometimes has the limitations of being fallible. It can deceive us or we can be mistaken by it. That is why we always have to weigh everything by the light of God's word. We have to be sure that the way which seems right is not our own way, the path of self-will which scorns or ignores God's way. We need divine guidance and, at times, human counsel. Our conscience should, as everything else in our spiritual welfare, be in union and agreement with God's holy book, the Bible, which gives us faith to live by. And do not let our conscience in its limitations deceive us.
0: You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Sue Taylor.